Welcome everyone, we're about to begin by Hashem BPW number 19, that's by Panimi Shear for Women, Shear number 19. We started last week, last year, discussing uh, the importance of marital intimacy in a marriage and the Kedusha aspect behind it, and we're going to continue with that theme. We mentioned in the main Shiurim and in some of these Shiurim that one of the prototypes of emulating uh, and getting a healthy perspective on marital intimacy is to see how the Nashan Sitkanius in the Mitzrayim dealt with it. And it was because of this chus, actually, they were redeemed from Mitzrayim. And um, you see that not only over there was for the Kim of Klai Yisrael, but Mitzis Aina in and of itself as well, brings down the Shechina, that the Shechina comes down, precisely because of a shalom overall between a husband and a wife, and in particular when engaged in marital intimacy. So the idea of what the Nashe Tzitkaniyas in Mitzrayim did to make themselves attractive, like we said, it was brought down that later on, uh, that when the Mun came down, the cosmetics also came down with the Mun. It's brought down in a medrash, so that they should beautify themselves with the perfumes for their husbands. It's also brought down in the Gemara Babakama, that Pebez Amid Bez, that one of the ten Takanais, that Ezra was Misakin, that Ezra um, puts ten uh, things to, to correct and to do, is to have peddlers go to all the lo- big cities and small cities to sell jewelry and things like that for women, that they should look appealing for their husbands. And it's, there's so many other Gemaras that discuss these things about how they become of age, they should beautify themselves. And, and there's a lot of Gemaras uh, to back this up of how important it is. And to realize that this dressing up beautifully, whether overall for a husband in general, or when engaging or preparing for marital intimacy, is something that is a liketchila. It's not a bidiyeved. It is something that is praiseworthy. And that, yes, we talked about how um, there's halachis, about not verbally demanding in- intimacy, which is an issue. We talked about before that sometimes you need clarity, so some things you need to say if the communication is not coming across. If you're concerned about it, you ask a shayla, but certainly there's a need for clear communication, but certainly, if possible, to be as subtle as possible, as long as you're both communicating and understand each other, that would be more ideal. But the dressing up is certainly a lekatchila. It is an inherent thing. It's a need for a woman that she's beautiful in her husband's eyes. And this part is a very, very important. There are gemaras about it as well, like we, like we discussed. And to understand... This, it's fascinating that you have even in Chazal, it's brought down in Parshas Vayakel, Pasuk describes an item of jewelry that the women brought as donations to the Mishkan. And the last item mentioned there is something kumas. Kumas was a golden piece that was worn as an adornment. Some say it was on the woman's Oisai Mokim in that area. Some say it was on the breasts. But regardless, you see from here in Targum Unkelis, Targum Yenisim Benazil, you read it, it seems to be that these, the purpose of these adornments was to excite their husbands during intimacy. 
I'm not going to get into the technicality of it, but the word kumaz, the targum is the word machaik, machaik. And when it says in Parshas Teldes, Yitzchak Metzachech, it's Rivka Ishtai, which, which the, the Rashi talks that he had relations with his wife, Metzachech, the Targum, also says the word Mechayech. So to connect the two, you see that there's a, there's a, there is a connection there. So the bottom line is that even uh, 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 something like that, which when used for the wrong purposes, like for example, it's brought down um, you know, in a negative way, Yeshaya brings it down, and Paragimel talks about certain things that, when it was the opposite way, when there were there was zenus, when there was adultery in 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 in, in Klai Yisrael, and um, it talks about the other way they used to use these things to entice Bachrim and for Avera, and over here it's used for a mitzvah. We talked about this a lot of times before, that the very very thing like the mirrors we mentioned last time. Same thing with this kumas. Kumas is something that inherently, if used the wrong way, is an extremely disgusting thing. It's a terrible thing. It's a misuse. Nevertheless, over here, in a married relationship, they brought it to the Mishkan. This is something that the Benoist Yisrael had. Not the Goyim, but the Benoist Yisrael had. That this kumas was used for the sake of their marriage. And there it becomes a mitzvah. It is one of the most unusual concepts in Klal Yisrael, how opposites could become mitzvahs. We know for we know that the Hebrew word uh, Kedusha means holiness and there's a Kedusha, which is the same words, is, uh, is a Zayna, is a prostitute. It's two sides of the same coin meaning that the, 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 it's where Bechira is basically. You're taking something and you're choosing, am I going to use it for this in the opposite of the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended or I'm going to use it for a positive purpose, for the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended it. Now, if something Hashem says is Aser to use, or Aser to do, then it's Aser to use and Aser to do. But these things, Adarabah, it's the opposite, the mirrors, this Kumas, whatever it is. Whether the, 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 today's um, substitute of what Kumas would be. These are mitzvahs, and these promote Shalom bias, and these are actually things that bring the Shechina down. It activates it. Obviously, this alone doesn't, but the idea of enhancing marital intimacy. Now, for Kalas that are learning, some of this I'm taking from a Kuntris of a Rosh Hashiva that gave, put this out, some for Chassanim, for Kalas. So I'm going to bring some of these concept over, concepts over here. But perhaps one thing to explain to Kalas, which would be very, very helpful, and in truth for married women who may have not either heard this concept or just felt strange about this concept, I'm going to bring it down over here right now so that it could be, you know, enhanced, enhancing and a sort of a mind shift when it comes to Shalom Bayes ideas. So a Beis Yaakov girl, for example, that invested all her time in developing sensitivity to tznius, right? And and here in kala classes, sometimes she would be taught properly, I may add, very properly, that it is an Indian to put on provocative lingerie, for example, to, you know, to, to, uh, per, pertaining to intimacy. And many Beis Yaka girls hear this for the first time, it's sort of shocking or they're sort of, 
you know, put off by it. And they said, what are you talking about? And even married women who are married for a long time and understand this concept and understand why their husbands would want this and they understand why it's important in, in an intellectual way, they sort of rebel against it for many, many reasons, which we're not going to go into now. Um, so, you know, a lot of emotional reasons and a lot of intellectual reasons and a lot of quote-unquote from reasons that, yeah, okay, it's technically okay to do. That's what you hear in college classes or for whatever reason, but that's not me. I'm, I'm beyond that. I'm above that. I'm a Tzalem Kim. This demeans me and all these type of things. Actually, it does not. Dem- it's not demeaning whatsoever. And the idea behind it, he brings a very interesting, a beautiful muscle. And I'm going to say over this muscle, and this is a, a very important concept. If you already have, let's say, teenagers, for example, even young teenagers, whatever they are, you can see they could understand the concept or they're already in at the point where they're already exposed and they understand elements of sexuality and you want to explain to them this notion. This is a helpful muscle. The helpful muscle, he says, like there. So he says, take an example. You have a boy of 10 years old. We'll call him Yankee. And he's admitted to see his father is well-known. His father has a matzah-baking chabura, and he's welcome to join this matzah-baking chabura. And he could come there and do what a cotton is allowed to do, whatever the halachas are, but, he's, but, but he, the father brings him along. And first he comes and they survey the actual wheat field. Okay, They go to the wheat field and they make sure none of the stalks are fully ripened, Making none of them are right, none of them are dried out because when rainfall falls on it, there's a shaila sometimes of chametz according to some paiskim. So they 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 be, they're careful. They watch that, and then they cut it down, and then they harvest the stalks, and then they load them into trucks. And Yankee is there with his father watching this, how careful they are in the cutting of it, the loading, the packaging, that no water whatsoever, not a drop of water should come into contact with these stalks. Then Yankee observes with the same caution, with the same care, at the threshing area where they separate the wheat and they package it, they load it, the transporting of the wheat kernels, and they grind it in a mill and they're so careful to package the flour and then transport the flour to the actual bakery all of this was done with such caution and care to make sure not the slightest drop of water goes on this flower. And this left a tremendous reishim on Yankee's mind. He realized what Shmura is. Matzah Shmura is not just a name, it's the whole, it's a whole world into of itself, of the, such carefulness, meticulousness of care to ensure not that not, that not even the slightest drop of water should Khalila be allowed that would compromise on the 100% kosher mahadrin status of matzah. So now Yankee goes to the matzah bakery itself, and to his absolute horror, he looks and watches, he sees a bowl of flour, he sees a metal bowl containing flour, that they work so hard to guard from even the slightest drop of water, and it was put on a countertop near a small window, and lo and behold, he watches, the window opens up, and a hand pours out a whole cup of water straight into the bowl of flour. And Yankee screams, Water, water, Tati, someone poured a whole cup of water right into Ashmura flour. It's ruined, it's killed. And calmly, and he's amused by it somewhat, but the father explains, Yankee's father explains, very good, Yankee. I see you learn how important it is to make sure that not the slightest drop of water should come into contact with these wheats 
stalks, with these kernels, with these with a flower. But you see, Yankee, the whole process of avoiding even the slightest drop of water was all for the purpose to bring it to this point. So then the right type of water would precisely what is need needed to make this into matzah. So not only is this water not going to make it chametz chas it's going to make it into the matzah, what, we, what we're mechuyiv, and it's a mitzvah to eat on Pesach. This mushal is a, is a very good mushal to explain the same idea over here. The meticulous concern that a Beis Yaakov girl, any Jewish girl, exercises to ensure that her tzinius, her modesty, is not compromised, not even one iota, and married women too. And the purpose is, in case of a young girl, uh, to keep her safe and pure for the one day when she will be united with her husband. So this is also a mushal for it, is a sefer taira. Mamash a sefer taira. People would say lahavdal here. People would say, now I'm comparing this to a sefer taira. When you hear this, it'll sound very strange. But this is exactly what it is. A sefer taira normally because of its kedusha, because of the tremendous respect we have for a Sefer Torah, we keep it hidden under a cover and inside the Arna Kodesh protected. But why is it there? The whole purpose of it being there is that when it's ready to be taken out by Kriyasa Torah, when we read the Torah every Monday, every Thursday, every Shabbos, every Mincha of Shabbos, and every Yontif, and Purim, and Tishabav, and so on, the cover is removed, it's unrolled, and we read the Torah. In this vein, a woman's undressing and physically uniting with her husband is not a violation of tzniyas, it's not a violation of her modesty. On the contrary, it's the fulfillment of the modesty. It's not shot despite the fact that I'm tzniyastic, despite the fact that I'm modest, I'm doing this because Hashem told me to. Pruvu, mitzis aina. Shalom bias, whatever you want to say. No, that's not the right attitude. This, physically undressing, to unite with your husband, is, is itself the tzniyas that we're talking about. The dressing this way, and the same thing with lingerie, it's an avayda, it's avaydas Hashem, when, if it's done for the right reason, and to, that's to keep the marriage on a heightened state, and in intimacy with a high level of arousal, and to prevent rote, to prevent staleness, to have this chachas that we talked about in previous shiurim, to take it hold, to take hold, and that's the kavana of it. Then it is actually a great mitzvah to do so. Now I'm going to be messiahing this shir with a very important point. There's a shir I prepared. I don't know if it's out yet. That's basically called paspasale. Paspasale means that 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 that. For a husband, the fact that he's married and he has the ability to have sexual intimacy with his wife, that saves him from a lot of tests in these areas, even in the Nida period, because he knows he has this in his life, and this protects him from sin. So we had a share about it, which I don't know if it was put out yet, but it will be Metashem. And the one thing is, you have to... Take this with sensitivity because it is not the woman's job to save the husband from sin. It is the husband's job to save himself from sin. He has the responsibility to keep his shmir seinayim, to watch his eyes, and to be careful in all these all these things. And it makes no difference. You can't say, oh, it's in the need of period, it's much harder. It is much harder. But so what? 
he has to be careful with the Shemir Seinayim and keep his Kedusha. Same thing with a, after a baby and there's a big break from the sexual intimacy. He, it's on his achrayas. He ha, it's hard, he, but he has to stay strong, and it's his achrayas. It's not the wife's achrayas. But at the same time, the Chazal talk about this, and it cannot be underestimated. This is not the purpose, but it is certainly very important. The Chazal talk about it in many, many places. Pesachtis Yevam Esdav Samach Gimel is one of the places that a woman's role that she has in potentially saving her husband from these types of sins is one of the major matanais, gifts that she actually provides him, this essence of saving him from hate. There's a letter, he brings down a reference, a letter from Robert Wolbo that discusses this, it's from Yitzhak Silver. I don't know, I don't have the letter in front of me, this is just a reference, but they write about it, and especially in our dar. In our dar, because a husband, he could have the strongest shmir saying, I am possible, but there is unfortunately, a very severe Nisayan that faces him on a daily basis. This is true even when uh, he's in Kailal and in a, you know, in, a, in a healthy background like that, but if he needs to go to work and he has to be out there, the Nisayan is even all the more stronger. Even when you're walking on the street or whatever it is, he's bombarded with images that arouses Yetzahara, and sometimes it's not even in his fault. It just plastered all over the place. And these urges come up, even if it's momentarily. And even when a man, this is what I say many, many times that women need to understand, even when a man acts the best way he could possibly act, even if he's a true Yirei Shamayim, and immediately moves his eyes away from it, immediately moves his thoughts away from it, uh, as soon as he notices it, which was totally an oinus, it's not his fault, he puts his eyes away from it, puts his mind away from it. Nevertheless, it leaves an impression because that's just the way Hashem made it. There's an arousing impact on him very often. If he's a healthy human being, that is what's going to happen. And these arousals and these things are, 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 cannot be expressed. And it's important in general that that is why in, in Chazal and the Rabbonim and everyone emphasizes this that the idea of his desires being satisfied and fulfilled in his home is a chayma, is a protection. That's one of the reasons why Yisha, one of the references is a wall. It fortifies him and keeps him away from those streets. You know, it's brought down a lot when then the Kalis um, surrounds, circles the chassan seven times as a shmira to protect him. It applies to all aspects of protection, keeping a, 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 a Jewish home, being strong in the home with all her mitzvahs, but it applies to marital intimacy as well. Therefore, when a wife decides, because of Chazal says this, and because Hashem wants this, to dress in accordance to this, to be attractive for herself, you know, she could look good because she enjoys looking, feeling good, but if part of her kavana is to do this, then it's a tremendous, tremendous mitzvah. And it is tzniyas. This is indeed the, the idea of tzniyas. We talked about this many times before. The purpose of a big fence, for example, around the beautiful rose garden is to protect that rose garden, to protect it that no outsider should trample on it, and it should be beautiful. But if you put the walls around it, and it's never, no one can ever go in and not even the people who want to enjoy the Rose Garden, 
And because no one can go in, you can't even water it, nurture it, and take care of it, then what's the purpose? People sometimes forget, just like, unfortunately, in our door, the idea that is out the window, and you need to stress the importance of making healthy boundaries, extremely important. The reverse is also true. You have to remember always, what was the purpose of making these boundaries in the first place? The purpose of making these boundaries is that the, what is inside those boundaries, that rose garden, should thrive, should be beautiful. Same thing over here. The purpose of all those walls around these nisyonis pertaining to sexual matters is so that when it is protected and it's only husband and wife, it should be beautiful within that. It is similar to having a fire in a fireplace. You need the fireplace to protect it with the walls so the fire shouldn't spread and damage things outside of it. But if you don't have the fire, what's it worth? What are you having a fireplace for without a fire? And very often, if you go to the other extreme and assume that wearing lingerie is not sneistic or acting sexually provocative with your husband is not sneistic, it's, a, it's, a, it's like putting all these walls around the rose garden and then not, not watering it, not cultivating it. No one could enjoy it, and it dies. Or it's like that the, the, the walls around the fireplace, beautiful, no fire, nothing, cold. So you have to know that balance of to use everything in that proper context in the tachlis of what it is created for. And now I'm going to leave this out. I'm just going to talk in a general way. He does bring this down in the kuntris. And it's something really that Metashem, when we do find a woman that can give a shear on these matters, they'll be able to express it clearer. I can't do so or not comfortable doing so. So I'm just going to talk in general terms of what it says in this country to you. And then a woman that gives a shear could explain it in a more explicit way or in a privately or whatever it is, is that the idea of the attraction, by the way, for husband to wife, when men see a woman attractive, it's usually not in her nakedness without clothing, but usually one other gadol, he says, put it, it's like mates, it's looking between the cracks. That is really the appeal of lingerie if done in a right way, where you don't expose too much to the point that her husband may find it too much exposed, but at the same time exposed enough that it's enticing, that healthy balance of it, that actually is the most stimulating and arousing thing. It goes with everything, basically. So same thing with the clothing's degree of tightness, right? Accentuating a figure could be something extremely attractive, bringing out arousal and interest. If it's too tight and it's exaggerated, it could be sort of grotesque. And again, this is something with styles and with, um, you know, it's really a woman's subject, so I can't say much on the subject. But again, when you deal with especially if they should have, it makes sense that in these stores that sell these type of things in the front stores that sell lingerie and sell these type of things. And they, the purpose is clearly to, to, to entice their husbands and for the purpose of the Kedusha of the marriage and Shalom Bayes, it pays to have a sales lady, somebody there that's wise and that part of her job as a pikeach in a very discreet personal way that she, if they ask advice from her, on what, how, and when, and where, and what to buy, and what would make sense, and not, and so on and so forth. That would be a big service. Now, Met Hashem, on the other side of the Mechitza, I'm going to talk about a similar subject, because people think that this idea of looking nice and presentable or beautiful or enhanced only applies to a woman for a husband, and the reverse is also true. 
he has a chiv. I'm sure many of of you women are aware of this. If he if he's not careful with his appearance, if he doesn't take showers when he should take showers, or doesn't put on deodorant, doesn't change his underwear, and he comes in smelling like whatever. Of course, you know he has to understand, you know. And then you want intimacy, and you're not even taking care of your own, you know. That's derech just plain simple derech You take a shower, you 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 adorn yourself, you look nice. If you happen to shave, you 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 shave. If you don't, you make your beard in a in a clean, presentable way, not with brin crumbs all over the place, whatever it is. Or if it's uh, sweaty, a very hot summer day, and sweaty and smelly, you have a chiv to clean it out. Be clean. Look presentable overall, overall in the whole marriage, but in, when it comes to marital intimacy as well. It's not just a chiv on the wife, it's a chiv on the husband as well. And Metashem, we will talk about it when we discuss this, these topics on the men's side. But for women, certainly, each one does its part. You're actually creating the Migdash Ma'at. This is what Sneas is all about, and this is what Kedush is all about. And teaching you this in the right way to Kalas and for married women to integrate this again, even though they know it, but to just really realize this, that Nila Yon Kippur is an Avaida, it's this in the bedroom is an equal Avaida. There's no difference between the two in essence, in the sense that you're serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the moment, in the present of what you need to do at that given moment. And that is what life is all about. Baruch HaNatzlacha.